when I was a student. Teachers like they did the beauty of teaching the art well. And we as students learned art well. None of us learned the art for performance sake. And no teachers like taught us like for performance sake. Whenever there was a free time, class would go on for hours. And sometimes there would be no classes at all. We just sit and listen to the stories of their upbringing, of their hardships. And, but finally, we could see their commitment to the art in spite of all the ups and downs in their life. So there was so much of learning used to happen even without dancing that particular day in the class. Namaste and welcome to Indian Artpreneur. I'm your host Sushma Udupa. Before I begin today's episode, I would like to inform that as this interview happened over the internet, some parts of this conversation had glitches in the audio while recording. So we request you to kindly bear with us. On today's episode, we have a guest who is a Bharatanatyam exponent, a brilliant performer, a sensitive and innovative choreographer, the queen of Abhinaya and the co-founder of E. Ambalam, Acharya Indira Kadambi. Being a strong believer in classical tradition, she has also been working on conceptualizing and choreographing innovative themes and discovering methods to keep the art alive and reach it to the younger generation in the right perspective. So let us talk to Acharya Indira Kadambi. Namaste Indraka. Welcome to Indian Artpreneur. Namaste, Namaste. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sushma, for uh, inviting me to be part of this uh, beautiful talk, interaction and uh, sharing. Thank you. So as I was reading about you, I came across some very interesting facts that you have trekked extensively across India and the US. Can you tell us something about this adventurous passion of yours? <laughs> I mean, um, uh, yeah, I love to travel. Um, when you're uh, talking about adventure, um, yes, I was always a very, very passionate outdoor enthusiast, you can say. And from childhood, I would always like play on streets and uh, cycle around, climb trees and so on. So my parents actually loved uh, nature and all my summer times were spent in my uncle's house, surrounded by hills, rivers, and all that. And uh, as kids, we ventured into the forest, played in the river, cycled and had so much fun. Then um, as I grew up, I think, I mean, I my focus was more into uh, performing arts, but somewhere in 2005, when I went for a trek to Tapovan in Gangotri with my family, nature was so overwhelming and uh, so beautiful. So I got into serious trekking um, through Chennai Trekking Club. Uh, we did a lot of hikes there with no proper trail. Just we used to just take one sleeping bag, a pair of clothes, a bit of food, and uh, sleeping on uneven rocks, on grass, and sometimes like, you know, fill up the bottle in the water bottle in the flowing streams, dive in the pools and um, swim across the pools. And it was very, very sort of rugged trek, I would say. And sometimes through the night we used to trek. Those years were really beautiful and blissful, I would say. And later in 2010, uh, when I was around 40, I joined the Nehru Institute of Mountaineering where I did uh, my both uh, basic mountaineering course as well as advanced mountaineering course. And uh, training was really killing. You really needed a lot of uh, physical stamina. But more than that, mental stamina was uh, very, very important. But uh, anyway, I was happy to come out with distinction. And 
I'm also happy to say that I was also part of the first women's team to summit Mount Rudragaira. Oh. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was such a very, very overwhelming, very, very beautiful moment, you know. But uh, anyway, I can keep talking about this so many different experiences, learnings, and about my life in mountains. Mm-hmm. And being in the mountains and being in the nature is uh, truly, truly a very, very uh, meditative and a very, very, very useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. <laughs> going to your childhood you may train in bharatanatyam under the guidance of several distinguished gurus so this yeah. gets me curious to know about that phase of your life as a student can you walk us through it mm-hmm. uh i think maybe when i was 4 i was initiated to to dance by my mother um she says that i was um, I started dancing on Jayadashmi day which is supposed to be a very very auspicious day and um, I started with uh, Sri Janardhan Sharma sir that young then I was performing there and I was learning and uh, from there I moved on to I think when I was in high school I moved to Ushagatha and then um, I did my arangetram under Ushagatha she was a very very amazing performer and uh, beautiful dancer then uh, somewhere around college when i finished my degree i think that's when i came across uh, guru narmada so i was under her uh, tutelage for uh, say 3 to 4 years uh, by then i got married mm-hmm. then i moved to chennai but in the meantime i was also learning carnatic music uh, from belakwadi shrinivas ayengar and rudangam uh, from uh, Tien Ramesh, who was a disciple of P.A.S. Manisa. And um, I learned Mohiniyatam also uh, during my college time with uh, Guru Kalyani Kutiyamma in Kerala. And um, yeah, this is how uh, my learning growth has been. Once I moved to Chennai, I, uh, I was with uh, Kalani Di Mami, Kalani Di Narayan. who is my abhinaya guru and uh, she put me on to because uh, since i was based in chennai at that time she put me on to guru savitri jagannath rao and uh, also she put me on to natwangam uh, teacher shrimati kamala rani who was teaching in kalachetra at that time then i did my fitness training under kannan pogilandi of spark institute and also for some time i was with others of movement inc so this has been a sort of uh, my overall training i would say mm. yeah pursuing advanced training in dance you eventually relocate from bangalore to chennai what was the reason behind this decision uh, actually two things the uh, one thing is uh, when i got married my husband was already working when he's from bangalore my husband vidwan uh, tv ramprasad who is a very renowned carnatic classical vocalist he was uh, settled in um, chennai at that time he had a job in a finance company and he was working there and uh, also i had attended few workshops of kalanidhi mani in bangalore and i was very very passionate about akhinaya and um, so somehow and my husband's teachers were also in chennai and since i really wanted to pursue my art of abhinandar mami we thought it was a right decision to go to chennai and uh, so we i moved to chennai and i settled down there mm-hmm. so i just um, my house was very very close to just 5 minutes away from kalani dimanam's house so that um, i could train under her regularly mm-hmm. so i think you've answered part of my next question which was uh, when we think of you the first dance aspect that comes to our mind is your exceptional abhinaya so my question was uh, was it something that you were always inclined uh, towards since your childhood or did you start exploring it after coming under the tutelage of uh, uh, padma bhushan uh, kalanidhi narayanan uh 
dance actually dance was always uh, dance brought me lot of fun and lot of joy actually so i was always uh, i like both aspects like nrutta as well as adini aspect all along but it was in uh, kalangiri mommy's workshop i think 1987 or 88 i don't remember the exact year when i attended it was in that workshop that my eyes really opened to the world of abhinaya so she literally like you know, inspired me so much to delve deep into the part of the dance so i think naturally i was just pulled uh, by her eyes her eyes were so powerful so communicative and it could communicate so many things like you know she, at a in a second she can be a four year girl in second she can be a eight year old woman you know with that contrast the shades in her face was like something so amazing to watch as she danced so that really like you know I mean, pulled me to that uh, to go deep into that part of uh, dance yeah okay and how and when did you begin your journey as a teacher um i would say 19 um, i did my arrangement yeah it's around during my arrangement time actually uh, one of my uh, neighbor neighbor's daughter and at the same time uh, my mother's cousin's daughter both of them wanted to learn dance from me so i just started with them so i not in uh, never made a very very specific decision okay now that uh, i have done my arrangement or have uh, learned little bit have to teach now they just asked me to teach them so i just started it was a very very casual start yeah that's how i started teaching okay uh, you're one of the founders of uh, ambalam and yeah. in 2011 you pioneered art education by launching e ambalam which is the world's first online college of indian classical dance and music with yoga yeah. so workers through its vision and the evolution of ambalam in the past 30 years since its establishment um, when i start, as i told you i started teaching this to few children uh, in late 80s so that and that was a time i also met my husband mm-hmm. uh, was also my college mate so okay. since we were dating with each other in somewhere in 1989 i think yeah uh, we decided uh, that we should start an institution like together like you know to teach both music and dance and slowly it began when we had around 42 50 kids learning then but uh, um in 1993 when we decided to get married um uh ram had to shift to chennai since he got a job and uh, then uh, i also like wanted had to shift in 1993 after the marriage so students who were here in bangalore uh, i for quite some time for two years i continued traveling to bangalore week on week to teach them but then it became really uh, just become very tedious for me so then uh, i requested my other friends and dancer friends in bangalore to take them and then we moved to chennai and in uh, when we went to chennai our focus was uh, more on learning and performing and we used to travel a lot me and my husband for performances workshops and all that and uh, in uh, i think uh, uh in the same time actually my husband was also teaching a lot of students online uh, through phone like you mm-hmm. know many students were living abroad because that time computer was not there mm-hmm. so phone was the option so he, he used to teach many students like over phone and uh, and there were many students from abroad also who used to visit us annually and uh, Uh, on a regular basis and uh, so when all this was happening like uh uh that was a time 
actually uh, computers you know were invented and then mm-hmm. uh, skype was there and we decided to teach through skype mm-hmm. and um, when we started teaching through skype we also like were thinking like you know I mean, there are so many students who come once in a while to india they learn go back after that what will they do and so that kept us thinking how to bridge this uh, gap in uh, continuous learning right so it was then my husband who was into developing e learning platform encouraged us to open up formal online training center uh, it was in 2009 sometime so it was um, really a long term plan for us because syllabus had to be formed and video shoots had to be done and uh, it was a blended e-learning platform so it took almost 3 uh, to 4 years for us to build the content and finally it was launched in uh, 2011 mm-hmm. and uh, we had uh, hundreds of students who have benefited from this online learning because anyone from anywhere could uh, enroll into this courses anytime right so Uh, that's how we started this uh, only with music and dance but then we thought uh, introducing yoga would be of great help to these students so because i mean uh, there's uh, so much more than just learning this practical aspects to this art form right so they need to learn the basic theories they need to have peer interactions they need to listen watch great teachers perform and talk about the art and much more right so we had this uh, generous donation like I mean, from a great music organizer shri kulkarni who gave us uh, his decades of a collection of amazing concerts talks by stalwarts you know I mean, musicians of yesterday years like thousands and thousands of hours of concerts so all this uh, we put it on to the ambalam platform and uh, like we started that community reach out project like you know we called that ambalam radio and uh, the portal was called samagama mm-hmm. but uh, apart from that online in the meantime we also started a community reach out project in uh, nageshwara park at mailapur chennai mm-hmm. um, there were like hundreds of sabhas in chennai and most of them were ticketed and uh, only few organizers could attend those sabha kacheris so we wondered like um, how to reach these quality performances for those who did not have access to these performances because we knew many uh, people from all walks of life walk in the park so since weather in december is very good we decided to have a open air uh, like um, mega festival like morning 6 to night 10 o'clock the festival is to go on so during the day, day time used to have lot of uh, workshops by great masters you know the workshop used to include everything like from folk uh, music folk dance carnatic music bharatanatyam kathak odissi hindustani music and so many things like you know by great artists like mornings they used to conduct workshops and evening the same artists used to perform also so some uh, workshops were open for everybody not just the artists you know I mean, anybody any common man who was walking by could stop by and experience our art so so few programs were done like that so and all these we sort of recorded and um, we put it on the samagama portal like so that um, online students could also be uh, sort of benefited by this platform yeah so this is how the samagama platform came into existence yeah. and then uh, other part of ambalam was uh, um, I mean apart from that online learning we also had this uh, life art education uh, like when we had a meeting the staff meeting or faculty meeting and all that and we were thinking like why there is so less audience for our art and we realized that many of the children in schools and colleges are hardly exposed to our art so we were thinking why not make the art a compulsory subject just like math or science right because everybody every school teach english math science social studies so many things but 
never uh, make uh, consider art can also be one subject and also like our personal experiences in life like you know made us realize that uh, valuable studies like bhagavad bhagavad gita panchatantra etc need to be part of the syllabus to enable the children to handle life without much stress right so and uh, i mean generally I mean, when you see present day children how much they go through like you know, so much of turmoil in the family in school in relationships so in order to make them strong from within yeah and then to understand their own culture and traditions we need a detailed curriculum involving a progressive and age appropriate syllabus in personality development yoga carnatic music bharatanatyam so here um, every children from kindergarten up to 12th grade every student has to learn carnatic music has to learn bharatanatyam and yoga everything like any other subjects right so in that way in uh, uh, we need art a part of their curriculum and we also make them see the interconnection between each subject like between music and dance between yoga and dance between the you know, yoga and music like that and uh, between the dance and mythology you know there are so many beautiful things that they learn when they learn all these things together right and uh, we really we realize that how much these uh, how much students enjoy this type of uh, learnings and we could really see a great development in their personality overall just within 2 3 years you know i mean it was amazing and it was not just a learning uh, great learning experience for students but teachers themselves so when they started teaching teachers themselves were trying to look into themselves deep within how they were uh, interacting Uh, are addressing the issues how they themselves were interacting with the students so there were more awareness within the teachers also and uh, so it was like sort of a overall developing a very good attitude towards life you know both kids perspective as well as uh, uh, teachers pers- perspective so life art education was another uh, thing that we did basically it's a life skill program yeah so these were some of the uh, the thing that what we under under what we have undertaken under ambalam one is online college and another is life art education program such uh, excellent initiatives uh, in the raka i must say and i can imagine how much of planning hard work coordination and thought and teamwork would have gone yeah. into this it's uh, yeah 30 years i think it's beautiful beautiful journey and i'm sure uh, you're really inspiring uh, many artists and many teachers out there with the work that you're doing thank you thank you uh because you mentioned uh, be it dance or uh, music we see that your uh, school prioritizes the practice of yoga and pranayama mm-hmm. and in fact it's also part of your curriculum why is it mm-hmm. essential for art students to practice yoga and pranayama Uh, as i told you it's uh, yoga music dance everything is so interconnected right yoga helps in balancing your mind and body so which is very much required and it helps us to approach the art with more awareness and with more depth and it also helps in strengthening of muscles flexibility in the entire body control of breath for musicians even for dancers and this overall improvement in the energy and it helps in healthy living as well so definitely mm-hmm. yoga is very very important for both musicians and dancers okay and what is your approach to teaching in eambalam uh, how have you formulated the syllabus um there are uh, two things about when i say ambalam one is the on ground part of it right and another is online training yes correct so online training has uh, content 
syllabus, structured uh, syllabus, and uh, uh, time frame to finish the course, right? And they have assessments, etc. Whereas on-ground training is slightly more flexible, okay? And uh, with respect to on-ground students, once a student reaches desired level in the foundation, um, I encourage them to begin their Abhinaya training parallelly, parallelly to their Dritta. And they also focus on learning Matuangam. As they learn, as they learn the Dritta compositions, along with it, they also learn Matuangam. In fact, some of them learn, start learning Matuangam along with the Adavas itself, basic Adavas. And uh, depending on the time availability, because many of them are working and many of them are uh, like students in college and all that. So few learn music as well, depending on the time availability. And uh, I encourage them to attend workshops, which would, which would be of a very great uh, uh, help in supplementing their knowledge, right? And sometimes workshops are conducted at Ambalam itself. And uh, through our news share group, like we have a group, WhatsApp group. So I keep sending them the links for the performances uh, for them to watch good performances, listen to good lectures. And also once in a while, I throw questions which makes them think about the art form, its issues, its values in them. And I encourage a lot of peer learning. This is very, very important process in uh, any learning I feel because it really uh, helps them understand what they have to learn themselves before they are directing others, right? So they understand the value of sharing, encouraging their own friends to do best and it develops a good bond as well. With respect to um, online online training, uh, one thing is
So that includes like you no know, rigorous training. Like you know, I mean, uh, right from yoga and cross training early in the morning. Then uh, we have uh, intense uh, a lot of uh, uh, the thing is focus is given on uh, the basics. Like you know, uh, so we do intense hour sessions also. Then it will be followed by a media session. And afternoons, after the lunch, it will be like uh, music sessions, network, um, or corner call sessions. And uh, usually I take a number of media sessions. Then uh, we have uh, yoga, like you know, Madhu Mandi or other senior yoga teachers who come and do our fitness session. Then uh, my husband takes uh, music lessons. My son Vishnu is a very good uh, artist. He's also a very good musician. Yes. gain an in-depth knowledge about the art form how essential mm-hmm. is it for a student to get exposure to various techniques and uh, incorporate learnings from different gurus how important uh, i would say uh, for any student right in the it, it is important but at what stage is what i want to talk about in the initial stages of learning like one should stick to one teacher or to one style whatever they learn whether they learn bharatanatyam odissi or kathak whatever they learn hmm? stick to that particular style i mean this is from my experience right because each style has a different body language and to come up to certain level in that particular form one needs to spend at least minimum minimum of 10 years right so during this period of learning this 10 year period of learning one can supplement that learning with additional skills like as i spoke to you like yoga kalari or mridangam or tabla or pakavas whatever depending on the style they are learning then they can uh, go and watch performances you know i mean read lot of books and uh, gain professional knowledge about the art form so once the style like you know when once in your body style sets in your body like when once you stabilize right in that particular art form then you can uh, sort of explore other uh, skills right so like maybe like i am good in abhinayas like maybe some people will come and attend my workshops and try to understand okay this is how it is and they might be interested to know how other person like approaches the same subject so when once they come to level then they can go and explore different skills and uh, uh, try to get experiences of from different teachers how they approach the same subject then it will enhance their uh, learning process but without getting 
any proper basic it's not at all advisable like you know to jump from one teacher to another teacher so so students need to have a very good understanding of what is good what is necessary what is suitable for their body right so in that state when they have that kind of understanding then they can start exploring so then they will have the uh, they can use their judgment to like you know I mean, uh, to take in what is required and to reject what is not required and find stand on their own feet how have your gurus influenced and inspired your journey as a teacher as a teacher <laughs> uh different ways it's not uh, just teacher I mean, it's their philosophies their values that's what right you want to need to talk about hmm. the most important thing i would say i mean when i was a student teachers like they did the beauty of teaching the art well and we as students learned art well none of us learned the art for performance sake and no teachers like taught us like for performance sake also teachers were very open if they know they say okay i know this you can learn otherwise they say oh i don't know this i'm sorry so they were very honest and very open about what they knew what they don't know right and whenever there was a free time like you know when class would go on for hours and sometimes there would be no classes at all we just sit and listen to the stories of their upbringing with their hardships and but finally we could see their commitment to the art in spite of all the ups and downs in their life so there was so much of uh, learning used to happen even without like dancing that particular day in the class right with uh, narmada aunty uh, i could see how a teacher and student could bond like you know i mean there was so much of fun in the class how we dance or what we dance really didn't matter much in the class even though narmada aunty underwent such hardships like you know I mean, her class was such a fun place to be in and she was such a fun person and she had a great sense of humor and i hardly saw her breaking down very very strong as a person and uh, with a great sense of humor these are some things that i like and have taken from each teacher with uh, sanitary aunty like sanitary jagannath even though i was there for a very very short period in that when i was in chennai um after the class usually we just get into the like uh, she had a house and next to the house was uh, adjoining the house was the dance class so from the dance class very conveniently we get into the house say hello to her mother in law and uncle everybody you know and uh, just uh, make ourselves very comfortable on the dining table mm-hmm. and um, so it was not just dance that we shared but also food like you know was shared whatever was there whether it was there or not whatever was left over like you know we all used to share and used to eat so it was like a family and the, the way uh, she used to talk to us every class was very very affectionate never had that sort of teacher student uh, you know like and the bhaya bhakti rakunu like so and the madre la very very affectionate uh, atmosphere it was whereas it the kalanivi mami uh it is a value of time that uh, something i learned 
she will always be on time for the class and in class there won't be any space for her personal talks and once in a while when she has time after class she will sit and inquire about what is happening in her life and uh, that's it very very she talks very nice uh-huh. and and uh, she always like stressed on having a good balance in uh, the life like family life and the dance life so she'll say you should always balance this family and dance very well she always spoke from the heart you know i mean never means the words this program is nice she'll say very nice and she never hesitated to show her disapproval even in our uh, foreign tours i remember her uh, being so generous with us you know i mean um, not at all stingy like you know I mean? she just gave us so much of freedom to do what we like in our free time she will take us to hotels like treaters and she buying things for us and very very different uh, mommy i saw when i traveled abroad with her than the class sessions also like you know many there's so much that i learned from many teachers that well like many senior teachers they make time to come for the program you know even though like we never learn from them right we never never learned anything from them but even then uh, the senior artists used to come like you know come to the performance sit through the program give honest feedback you know all this made us uh, grow as better artists many critics like many critics were such good friends of mine but when it came to writing or giving their feedback they were point blank you know so i should also I mean, these honest uh, these were some of the values from each uh, interaction from each teacher through interaction with each of the teachers that uh, has uh, made me what i am today right even uh, i think uh, prathima bailey if i have to say where uh, um she built that big institution ritya gram right she used to teach i mean uh, i used to teach bharatanatyam there for uh, three years till i got married i used to teach bharatanatyam for all these village children and uh, she was one kind of lady who lived her life to the fullest as how she wanted to like i mean she was brutally honest and highly respectful of her teachers of the gurus and i mean she literally showed us that even the late learners can achieve so many things in such short time and create some amazing work if they are truly passionate about it yeah i mean so many things from so many people from all walks of life all the time like you know i mean mm-hmm. it's amazing like my see my parents my my own parents like if i have to say my mom was so patient she used to be with me in every class like you know making taking down the notes observing what uh, corrections my teacher was giving me and uh, since she was a musician herself she used to sing and make me practice mm-hmm. so each one have played uh, such a great uh, part in my life yeah okay but in present day scenario we have an abundance of teachers mm-hmm. but uh, the quality and the authenticity of knowledge transfer may not be very reliable this being the case what are the factors to be considered by a student while looking for a credible teacher <laughs> mm, to be honest uh it's a destiny truly it's a destiny i find i mean i i truly feel it's a destiny like you know finding a good student is a destiny finding a good teacher is a destiny but uh, for all practical purposes i would say like if the student is very young then the onus is upon parents right so it's parents responsibility to find a good teacher for that parents need to develop a bit of exposure in arts 
that would help them to identify good teachers, right? Otherwise, at least they need to take help from known sources and do a bit of homework. Because uh, when once you, a student goes to a particular teacher, when imagining, okay, a teacher is just right next door and you don't have time to take the child anywhere and it is very convenient next door, if that is, even though the, the quality may not be good, but parents still send, then a lot of uh, the, you don't get a good base what is required for the art. Art needs a strong, good foundation, right? How, like how we give so much of uh, preference for good schools, even for art schools, we need to think about it. So parents also need to make that kind of homework and uh, make sure they identify good teachers and put their children to one class because solid foundation is very, very important. I mean, not like that. I mean, later students always can learn and go to other teachers, but unlearning becomes very, very difficult, right? It's very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like when I was a kid, my parents did the initial choice. Teacher was just right next door as I spoke to you, and I went. Then I saw amazing performance by Usha Nathar and then I stood on my feet and I fought with my parents that I have to go to that teacher only. So that was the choice that I made and later choices were like um, attending workshop with Kalanidhi Mami opened up my eyes and Pratima Vedi also recommended that uh, I should uh, be taken as her disciple. She wrote a beautiful letter to Kalanidhi Mami that she should take me as her disciple. So it goes that way. And Kalanidhi Mami recommended me to learn from Savitri Mami. And she recommended me to learn from Kamala Mami who was good in the Tawanda. So different, different things uh, play around, you know. In, um, yes, but we just need to keep our eyes open, put in the uh, right effort. So when I really trace back my journey, whomever I have learned from, whether it was good or not good, but everything has been with some purpose. Mm -hmm. Everything has happened in my life with the purpose and for good. So what I would say is like with all the homework done, when you find a good teacher, don't leave them. Come what may. Be with them, be sincere, and you'll go along the way. Because good teacher makes sure that students develop their wings strongly and allow them to fly and enjoy the flight. Right? So they never hold back the students and keep them in the practice. No, 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 don't go anywhere. That initial thing has to be there. But few years, the student has to be under one particular teacher, and then teacher herself will. See what students requires and provide that essential, uh, nutritious proteins, food, everything. What to, whatever the student requires. Yeah. Very well, Prakasha. What social responsibilities do teachers have beyond teaching the student base? See, sometimes like. Teachers need to make uh, students understand that art is not everything in life. It is just a part of our life. It's very, very important. So we need to help them see other beautiful things in the world. So many times, like classroom, classroom sessions, go into discussions regarding family issues, social issues, and through these discussions, we try to look, dwell into it, like, you know, more. And thus indirect learnings, like indirectly, a lot of value learnings also happen. 
And these learnings also happen even while learning some Arminia compositions because most of them deal with the society, the uh, relationships uh, between different persons, right? So we try to understand so many things, learn so many things from these compositions as well. So by discussing so many relevant issues like, you know, I mean, the relationship uh, between teacher and uh, student extends beyond the classroom. And uh, sometimes students also, like, you know, they help us to see things in a different way. And they give us so much beautiful, different perspectives. So that becomes a really beautiful sharing process. So art helps us, like, to live with awareness, awareness of ourselves. And it helps us develop the awareness of the people around of the things around and will be more sensitive, right? So teachers can really like sort of, I mean, teachers, students, like I would say artists, you know, I mean, need to see all these things, you know, I mean, grow up with a lot of awareness. And we can also like, I mean, what all they can do apart from dancing, like apart from performances, apart from teaching, I mean, they can really work with underprivileged, teach them various skills through art. Then they can go and perform in old age homes, orphanages, and breathe in life into those beautiful lives. And they can also get involved with organizations who do a lot of charity work. For example, like, like in these times, right? So if one is not able to be there, like physically, to help the society, one can at least be there for those people who are actively or involved and help them like financially, you know, support the community by participating in fundraisers or by performing through, uh, by performing for the fundraising uh, things and or by teaching. So there are so many like this one can do, like, you know, apart from these classroom uh, sessions or being in the class. And also, like, in the schools, like, you know, I mean, there will be differently able children. So we can think of how to make them understand. Uh, see, for few students, it might be very difficult to understand science. For few, it might be very difficult to understand math. So why not uh, try to uh, creatively teach them, like, you know, uh, teach science through art or math through art. So like building social skills, confidence, building confidence, and um, like, you know, mental health, taking care of the mental health, all this can be done all through the art. I mean, there are innumerable possibilities, possibilities, like, you know, it's like an ocean when we put our mind into it. So there are so many things that one can do, like, you know, many, apart from the classroom. So my final question to you, Akka. What okay. is your advice for those who want to take a part as a profession, be it as a performer or as a teacher? <laughs> There's nothing to <laughs> advise as such. I can say what I can say is to share my experience. Uh, I would say there is no short cut for success, right? So we really have to work hard and basically right from the learning process, learn well through credible teachers and be sincere to the art form, keep upgrading your skills, you know, and uh, don't be passionate about the art form, but love the art form to the fullest, you know, I mean, if a dancer has to perform like, you know, I mean, body needs to be super fit, right? So have a regular routine like fitness routine, yoga or crossfit training, read lots of books, 
go and watch performances of different genres. It doesn't have to be if you're a Bharatanatyam dancer, you can watch only Bharatanatyam. Watch different genres, watch theater, watch good movies. I mean, there's so much that one can learn from different uh, fields, right? And uh, every field has uh, flaws, like, I mean, accept the art as it is, like how you accept your life partner with all flaws, right? But system, every system has flaws, and uh, but art has no flaws as such. It is pure. So instead of uh, falling in love with the periphery, I would say fall in love deeply with the art itself. Embrace it wholeheartedly. Yes, I think I mean, that uh, is very, 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 very important, I feel. And also like when we, when students practice this, like every practice, like, you know, I mean, should be done with a lot of awareness. When you dance, like, think yourself why you're dancing, what you're dancing, how you want to approach it, how long you want to do it. What is your intention of that particular practice? Keep asking questions like, you know, I mean, even when you take up any composition, understand it thoroughly. If you take any linear composition, understand the context, the concept, work in depth on ideas and execution. And uh, maybe you should have, a, have that uh, sacred uh, feel sacred feel for each compositions like you know I mean, when poets have written with so have written it so beautifully see how like you know when you need to do justice to that poetry right to that beautiful poetry so you cannot just do what you want right so practice as I told, should be done with a lot of awareness. And uh, every practice should be like a performance. Don't hesitate to take help of your peers or any experienced artists, teachers, scholars, whoever it is, like, you know, when you rehearse for a program, when you can ask all of them, like, you know, to be present there, to watch it, to give you the feedback, so that really helps us to grow as artists. And uh, I mean, this is uh, just for your practice and or if you want to perform. But sometimes it's, it's also nice, like, I mean, not to do anything. And just take a good break from the routine. Like, you know, I mean, observe the art from a distance, like what it is doing to you, like, you know, if you're not dancing how your mind is reacting to it. How is your mind reacting without performances, without receiving any kind of appreciation? Keep thinking about all these little, little uh, things, you know I mean? I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, fine. It's absolutely all right if you're not in mood, not in mood to dance a few days or a few weeks or a few months, it's okay. I mean, that uh, don't always like, crave to perform or constantly to be, crave to be constantly in the public eye, right? So sometimes you need to be a bit of selfish also, I would say, like, you know, keep art for yourself and enjoy, you know, yourself. Take break, take break from the art, spend a lot of time traveling and be close to the nature and traveling and nature, like, teaches you lots about life, about art. I mean, art is a reflection of life itself. So when you consider these, like, you automatically, like, you are, you're sure to be a good artist. When you're a good artist, you'll be a good teacher as well, right? So, yeah. Thank you so much for this insightful uh, talk, Indraka. As I said, it's been an honor uh, to have you on our platform. And uh, 
uh, I hope uh, many more uh, students, artists, and teachers out there, including me, uh, you know, we get inspired, motivated, and find the true purpose of art and uh, spread it in the way it's supposed to be done, not merely see it as a performance. So true. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Sushma, for having me over. And uh, uh, my pleasure to share with you on this platform, whatever little I knew. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you, Akka. Thank you. That concludes our sixth episode of Season 3, Vistara. I hope you found this conversation with Acharya Indira Kadambi interesting and insightful. Catch you all soon with our next episode on Indian Artpreneur Podcast. Have a good day. Kala tapasana.